You're listening to Tap into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Oh, God of pronouns, we give praise to the Great One, the one who was identifiable as God. I am what I am, you say the great they, the incarnate he and she, the God of trans being, impregnating Mary, fathering God, breastfeeding God of many breasts, you shadow, you shatter all stereotypes, making every single person male and female, male and female, intersex, non-binary, in your image, exactly in your image. Spectrum, rainbow God, who put your promise for nonviolence in the symbol for queer love before humanity knew, because you knew. Who had Joseph, who could not sleep with a woman in a beautiful lady's cloak, perhaps of rainbow colors, before we knew, you knew. God of pronouns who said, you can call me he or she or they, whatever makes you feel closest to me. Invisible and visible God, on this day, where visibility and celebration, belatedness, affirmation, and acceptance is the bare minimum. Remind us that you are the God of pronouns. So you affirm and you celebrate them. God of Saul, Paul, Simon, Isaac, Jacob, Isaac, Simon, Peter, Abram and Sarai, and Abraham and Sarah. God of Joseph, of the coat of many colors, of the Ethiopian eunuch, of the Virgin Mary. God of all found families in the Bible. Remind us that you affirm us in our full identity. Name, pronoun, found family, all of it. For this, we give you thanks and praise to the great I am, the great they, them. The USA is in a crucial stage. Not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be 
Tapping to the truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am indeed your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I'm coming to you from historic, beautiful, scenic, and only sometimes weather-challenged Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, uh, it is April the 12th, 2022, and we are barreling headlong into Resurrection Weekend. Uh, yes, uh, one of the... Uh, not one of it uh, should, at the very least, if you are a Christian, uh, be considered the holiest of the... Uh, days celebrated in the Christian calendar, that being Resurrection Sunday coming up this upcoming Sunday. And it's been a tradition on the show to do a, a, an Easter broadcast, and I've managed to have various guests in doing so in the past, and we'll see if I can pull something out of a hat. I'm certainly still working on it. Uh, I mentioned in the last broadcast that I was going to reach out to Walt Hollier, and uh, and I did, and uh, he got back with me, and right now we're trying to work out a scheduling situation, and we'll see if we can't get uh, Walt back on sooner rather than later. I'm very optimistic about that. Uh, but since it is the week of the holiest of the celebrated uh, days on the Christian calendar, uh, I couldn't resist but share that very woke prayer from the First Presbyterian Church in Iowa City, Iowa. Uh, you can find that just about everywhere. Uh, I've heard a few other places pick up on it not long after I had come across it, and they've uh, been airing it, so they kind of beat me to it. That's the thing about not being on air every day. But also one of the things about not being on the air uh, at a certain time frame is some folks are going to be able to beat you to something just because they do their thing earlier in the day. So, you know, you got to pick and choose your battles. Can't always be first. 
I, I do still like the idea of covering some of the things that not everybody else is covering. And I, I like doing that because it makes me feel like I'm bringing something different to the table, giving you an extra reason to come and listen to the show. But in the process of doing so, uh, I, I've come to this epiphany not too long ago, and I, and I talked to you guys on air about it. I, I've kind of gotten now where I'm okay talking about stuff that really kind of makes me feel like talking about it. If it gets me going, it gets me fired up, it gets me angry, or it makes me feel really good about it, whatever the situation may be, uh, even if everybody else is covering it, even some of the stories that are being covered to death uh, by conservative outlets, because I realize why we all tend to cover those bigger stories. It has to do with the fact that we are trying to break through this barrier. Uh, it's it's hard to imagine how many folks are not hearing these stories, and you're always hopeful that maybe your show is going to be the one that somebody checks in on and listens out of curiosity, and, and maybe somebody that typically doesn't leave their echo chamber, but they land on your program, and suddenly they're hearing something that they're just not going to get to hear anywhere else, and at the very least, you're hoping that it's going to trigger that interest to do their own research, to go, again, beyond their typical resources and really delve into it. Because nine times out of ten, if you're looking at CNN and then you're looking at The Blaze, uh, you can read coverage of the same story. And then you can look at the information that appears in both stories, and you can understand that that part there is the facts. Those are the facts right there. And then everything else is the opinion. It's how we slant it. It's how we frame it. It's how we present it. Now, I've tried to make the point a multitude of times. I know uh, George Seltzer uh, <laughs> has, uh, has tried to talk me out of this point of view, and he's tried to do so on air uh, when I've made a, a few appearances on his show. And, and he's made the point that uh, I, I don't feel like I'm a journalist. I'm sitting here. I'm letting somebody else do the journalism. I'm recanting news stories to you and then sometimes just personal stuff, uh, things that I've personally encountered and how it plugs into the reality that these stories uh, represent. You know, and that's the important thing. I, I try to find stories that really have impact and really have meaning. And normally that's going to be slanted towards my own point of view. But we try to reach all these other people. We try to break through that, and we try to make sure that if somebody isn't going to listen to uh, to Stephen Crowder, you know, he, he's going to be doing the change my mind bit somewhere, and uh, somebody's going to sit there, and then no matter what you do or say, you're just not going to change their mind. But they may say, tap into the truth. What's that? Uh, just scrolling through podcasts that are available, uh, to click that on and listen. Just, just say, okay, well, well, that's kind of. So we can talk about the same story. We can have our different rate, but we may. It may be me that gets to that one person who knows who Stephen Crowder is and isn't going to give him a chance, even if they take the time to listen. Same thing if you're talking about Ben Shapiro. Same thing if you're talking about uh, Stu Begier. Uh, Pat Gray, if you're talking about uh, Glenn Beck, if you're talking about 
uh, Matt Walsh, if you're talking about Andrew Clavin, if you're talking about Michael Knowles. You know, we can go down the whole list of folks between the Blaze and the Daily Wire, uh, all the folks over at the Daily Caller, uh, and a multitude of other folks. And, and there's a ton of people's names you can throw out there. And I I'm, don't mean to be disrespectful to any of the folks like Allie Beth Stuckey or Candace Owens that I didn't mention by name. I, I'm just trying to throw out some examples. And the same holds true in those. Somebody might listen to one of those guys before they'd listen to me. And so on. So it's okay to cover the same stories. It's okay to be oversaturated. The problem is if you're somebody who's only in the echo chamber and if you're bouncing around between shows and you're listening to one and then the other and then the other, then it gets kind of overdone. It's oversaturated. You become desensitized. So I'm still in that position where I kind of like to do stuff that nobody else is talking about. And that's why I really thought I had a winner with this one because I came across this and was like, okay, this is something we're going to talk about on Tuesday, and we're probably going to bring it up again uh, on Thursday and uh, probably even bring it up again on Sunday because this was an actual prayer that was said in this Presbyterian church uh, for gentler, uh, what was it, Visibility Day, I think is what they called it. Okay, we see you. We can't help but see you. You're literally everywhere, okay? We see you. You do not need a higher level of visibility. Oh, but Tim, visibility isn't just about being seen. It's about being seen. So, yeah, I, I think we covered that. No, you know what I mean. Yeah, actually, I do know what you mean. It's not enough to say, yeah, all right, I see you on television. I see you down the street. But to see you for who you are, recognize you for who you the problem is you don't see you for who you are, okay? If you're somebody who's struggling with gender dysphoria, then you need to see yourself for who you are, somebody that's struggling with gender dysphoria, who needs psychiatric help to, to get through that, not because you have some terrible debilitating disorder, not because you're crazy, but because... You're struggling with your identity, and I'm sorry, that normally means that you should find a qualified therapist who can help you through that. Sadly, most therapists uh, don't have an idea. They're being pushed uh, by the left in a lot of states to acknowledge you as who you think you are. And they're not allowed to treat you. And then there are others who, you know, they just don't specialize in that area. And I think you probably should have someone who has a genuine desire to help you. Because nine times out of ten, if you have gender dysphoria, then you probably have some underlying childhood trauma that you need to deal with. And that will help you out. Now, again, the stats say the same thing over and over again. New studies, old studies, they continue to give the same data, the same information, and that is typically a, a majority of those who suffer from gender dysphoria outgrow it. They, they get better, and they're okay. They didn't need gender-affirming care. They certainly didn't need to transition. They just needed somebody to listen to them and, and help them, through, just like every other teenager that is trying to get 
through adolescence into early adulthood. That, that's it. Now, some folks that fall into that category need a little extra help. Some of them don't get the type of actual support in their network that is good for them to help them grow and help them to be self-sufficient. And so then it becomes difficult. So I say all that to make the point that eh, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not qualified to give you professional assistance of that kind. But I am an individual where I'm not a journalist, whereas George wants to say I am a journalist. And I think sometimes maybe I do fall into that category, but, but I'm not a journalist. I'm just a guy that makes observations. I am a biologist, <laughs> which obviously we have a new associate uh, justice on the Supreme Court who is clearly not a biologist. I am a biologist, and I can tell you the difference between a man and a woman. But I can also tell you that as a biologist, I can give you a scientific definition, uh, and I can tell you that no matter what chemicals you pump into your body, and no matter how you mutilate your body, you're not going to change your chromosomes. And so that's about all I can say. Now, uh, before we get too far down that path, and I really wasn't planning on talking a whole lot about it except for the fact that that particular prayer that I played in the second part of that clip, it, it really does show how far wokeism has gone in becoming a religious cult of its own. Because that is exactly the kind of... They were forcing things into play. And so much was taken out of context, and so much was flat-out denial. Look, God loves you. Whether you believe in him or not, God loves you. God wants you to be happy. God recognizes that we as human beings, uh, we are flawed. We have our foibles. We have the things that make us less than perfect. Some of us have way more of those than others, and I don't mind admitting that I'm one of those people that have a few more than maybe the average. Still working to try to be better, so I'm going to pat myself on the back for not having given up on me just yet, and hopefully most of you guys won't either. And hopefully most of you guys will continue to try to make yourself better. Whether that's a spiritual walk a little bit closer or improving your education, improving your mind, whatever it may be. Life is meant to be full. It's meant to be full with friends and family and with opportunities to enrich yourselves in a non-monetary fashion. But you're not meant to deal with absolutism. The Bible says Sodom and Gomorrah, bad thing. Doesn't mean you can't have family or friends that may be a sodomite, utilizing the biblical term. It means you just need to Love them as you would love anyone else because God loves them. There's not hate in Christianity. And anybody who's finding hatred in it is only finding an excuse to express one of those 
foibles, we'll say. Finding a way to express one of those less than pleasant aspects of themselves. But we are told specifically that it's not something that falls under God's plan for humanity. Therefore, it is not something that God truly wants for you as an individual. So now you're going to say, well, that conflict right there says that, that that's hate. But not my God. My God is a God of love. And my God offered up the rainbow. And again, I want to talk about the rainbow with this chick's prayer. Talking about how it was a, a symbol of peace before we even knew. No, it was a symbol of the promise that he wouldn't flood the earth again and uh, wipe out humanity, even though he knew there's going to be times, I don't know, like maybe today, where a whole heck of a lot of us kind of deserve it. We got it coming. And I, for one, am very happy that we don't get what we deserve when it comes to the eyes of God. So, again, we'll probably talk more about that as it gets closer to Easter, a.k.a. Resurrection Sunday, which is how I prefer to talk about it. But there were a lot of other things going on uh, today, and uh, I want to get to a couple of those topics, but I want to give you a couple of quick hits before we jump into it. Uh, one of the big things today is evidently while Joe Biden was giving the speech, a lot of folks were trying to make a big deal out of the fact that it looked like a bird came up and pooped on him. Not sure why that is such a big deal. Uh, if you're outside, if there are birds around, it could happen to anybody. Now, granted, they tried to make a big deal out of Mike Pence having a fly on his forehead during the vice presidential debate uh, just uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, that did look kind of weird because it just, the fly wouldn't leave. He wouldn't go anywhere. And so some bird pooping on Biden's shoulder, it opens the door for a lot of juvenile joking. But at the end of the day, why are we talking about it? Bird poop is a thing that happens. I'm just glad I don't have to clean my car near as often as I used to. A much bigger deal was Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia released a video. Well, the media in Saudi Arabia released a video uh, on TV, no less. This little short video uh, that's just basically mocking Joe Biden and Kamala. This, of course, is a result of relations between the United States and Saudi Arabia kind of on the decline, uh, obviously due to the Biden administration policies. You can't cozy up to Iran and expect Saudi Arabia to be happy about it. This is pushing Saudi Arabia, just like we're also pushing India closer and closer to this new axis that's formed between China and Russia. It's a bad thing. But the overall theme of this uh, little video clip is that Biden is old. Okay, no surprising there. But they basically have the character that's playing, that's supposed to be Biden, uh, just kind of roaming around. He's obviously unaware of his surroundings. He's prone to falling asleep in mid-sentence. And uh, consequently, the audience sees Harris, played by a male actor in drag, telling the president what to say and do. Video starts out with a man who's playing Biden waving to reporters before turning and walking off stage. The person playing Harris then runs and grabs him and directs him back to the podium. Says, thank you very much. Today, 
We're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Now, the person playing Harris then interjects, whispers in his ear, yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. And the man playing Biden says before being corrected again and saying, yeah, Russia, yeah, Russia. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, it's it's worth taking a look at. You can find it on Twitter. You can probably find it on YouTube. I mean, you can find just about anything there. But the fact that Saudi Arabia is willing to make this little sketch bit it tells you really all you need to know about the standing in the world. The Democrats promised that the whole notion of getting Joe Biden elected so the world would take us seriously again. America will be back. Guys, America was respected and with a little bit of healthy dose of feared under the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist. You remember him as the Donald. You remembered him as the guy who hosted that reality TV show where he said you're fired a lot. Donald John Trump did force respect. People uh, cracked wise when he would tell them things they didn't want to hear. They would joke. They would laugh. But at the end of the day, NATO started paying more of their fair share to the alliance. They started paying their dues again. Now they realize how important that was. Now a lot of them, very secretly, very quietly, because they don't want to admit it publicly, are thanking Donald Trump's crassness and his abrasiveness and his directness towards these people because they now have come to realize that if they want their global dreams to come true, NATO is going to have to be strong because uh, Russia and China don't give a at all to step forward and uh, put the smack down on them, especially after they let themselves become so dependent on Russia for energy. So we had that. And speaking of NATO, we've got Sweden and Finland now that evidently are uh, on a fast track to joining. Word on the street right now is that by early summer, both Finland and Sweden are going to become full-blown members of NATO. And let us not forget, Vladimir was planning on uh, looking for moose and squirrel in either one of these nations next if they join NATO. He keeps saying that one of the major sticking points and the reason for his hostilities, we'll say diplomatically, towards the Ukraine has a lot to do with their desire to join NATO. Now, they weren't anywhere close to becoming members. Nobody in NATO and nobody in the EU wanted Ukraine as part of those organizations, which is kind of weird, really. I mean, why would the EU not be at least interested given how much wheat and corn is grown in the Ukraine. Perhaps they actually thought it might be a step too far, might provoke Russia into taking some type of action. But here we are seeing that action anyway. So what happens? Also, another uh, news story today. There was a, a subway shooting attack in New York. Uh, last I saw... Before coming on air, they were still looking for the guy. Uh, but none of the stories I saw had been recently updated. So hopefully by now, they've got the guy. So obviously thoughts and prayers going out to the folks who were victims and the families of the victims of this shooting bit. Uh, early reports suggested that there may have been un 
detonated explosive devices as well. Uh, that kind of got kiboshed uh, at the afternoon uh, press. Uh, you know, the, the, it's just really a weird situation. People are just going off. And, of course, the uh, governor of New York, a lovely lady who just stepped up and took over after Cuomo stepped away, um, she just went immediately to the, we're so tired of violence in our city, and it's guns, guns, guns. And don't even get me started on Biden's gun control bit. Anyway, uh, another story out of New York as well. While the uh, governor was doing that, the lieutenant governor was having to deal with law enforcement. Uh, Brian Benjamin, the Democratic lieutenant governor of the state of New York, resigned uh, before the day was over today. Today being Tuesday, April the 12th, time of the live broadcast. Well, he resigned uh, Tuesday afternoon after being arrested by authorities on campaign finance-related federal charges. Now, the governor, Miss Kathy, uh, accepted his resignation, despite saying that she had the utmost confidence in him just last Thursday. Uh, she said that, uh, quote, I have accepted Brian Benjamin's resignation effective immediately. While the legal process plays out, it is clear to both of us that he cannot continue to serve as lieutenant governor. New Yorkers deserve absolute confidence in their government, and I will continue working every day to deliver for them. Uh, you know, I, that kind of scares me. Because so far all she's been is uh, Cuomo Part 2 as far as the policies are concerned. And you know what? It still wouldn't surprise me if we don't end up with Cuomo uh, deciding to make a run. And given where the polling numbers are, despite everything that uh, Cuomo went through, despite killing off uh, grandma in the nursing homes during the COVID bit and all the harassment issues, all the Me Too violations, uh, he's not that far behind uh, the good governor uh, in the current polling. Another news story that's probably going to slide under the radar, uh, the United States Postal Service is suspending mail deliveries in a certain California neighborhoods after repeated assaults on the mail carriers. Uh, the Postal Service is suspending mail deliveries to one California neighborhood because of repeated assaults on mail carriers. We're talking about uh, the Santa Monica Postmaster Marjorie Watson sent out a letter to residents at the 1300 block of 14th Street in Santa Monica after several mail carriers were assaulted by an unknown individual. Now, if you lived in a normal state and in a normal city in times where you didn't have the insanity of defund the police being chanted, if you lived in a normal state, in a normal city, where you didn't have 100% blue control, if you lived in a normal city, in a normal state, where they understood how law and order is supposed to work, where you weren't trying to force down this falsified ideology of equity instead of equality. Then it would be simple enough for law enforcement to show up and stop the individual that's doing the assaulting of the mail carriers. But unfortunately, that's not the reality that we're living in anymore. And, and there's lots of places across the country, mostly 
ran by nearly 100% blue politicians, or this is the reality. The uh, letter that was sent out by Miss Marjorie Watson, uh, I'm going to quote a little bit of that from you right here. This letter is to provide you notice that delivery services hereby suspended to all addresses located on the 1300 block of 14th Street, Santa Monica. Now, continues saying that this is unfortunate, but please be advised that the Postal Service does not enter into decisions to suspend the service lightly. Multiple carriers have been subjected to assaults and threats of assault from an individual who has not been located or apprehended. The safety of all our employees and of the mail they deliver to you is our highest concern. Until we can ensure the safety of both, delivery services will remain suspended. The letter also says that the residents that live in these addresses can pick up their mail from a post office facility that's nearby. Uh, of course, for the safety of our employees, we have had to temporarily suspend delivery of mail to these customers. Uh, a statement from the United States Postal Service spokesperson, Natasha Garbins. She made the statement to the New York Post uh, this past Monday, but... You know, that's just part of where we're at. Just mail delivery? Nah, we don't need it. I mean, what else are you supposed to say, right? Why should you worry about, I don't know, the police showing up and stopping this individual who can't seem to be located? It seems to be the same. If I'm reading this correctly, and every place I've seen this story, it certainly appears as if it's one person that's been doing the assaulting or threatening to assault. That should make it easy for law enforcement to deal with. But in a city where law enforcement's not allowed to do their job, then nothing's really easy, is it? One more quick hit before we take the half-hour break, and then I try to sneak two stories into the second uh, half-hour of this first hour. Uh, if you if you haven't yet heard, Gilbert Godfrey has passed away. The actor slash comedian, uh, he he left us today again, April twelfth. Reports say that it's uh, that it kind of stems from complications from muscular dystrophy. Rolling Stone reported that quote. An additional statement from Godfrey's longtime friend and publicist, uh, Glenn Swartz, said that he suffered from recurrent ventricular uh, trachycardia due to the uh, myotonic dystrophy type 2. And again, uh, not good with the medical side of that, even though I am a biologist. I study microbiology, not human anatomy. Uh, anyway... It's uh, it, it is one of those cases where he was one of those kind of loud guys. Uh, I didn't always enjoy everything Gilbert did, but I I liked him most of the time. He was a funny guy, and uh, we are we are going to uh, laugh a little less with him gone. 
All right. Uh, what do you say we take that mid-hour break, and then when we get back, we'll jump into the next topic. So you guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this. <laughs> I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. If you are non-binary or transgender, the one-time pro-American city of Palm Springs, California, is now forcing taxpayers to pay for what you are choosing to be. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. For the thousandth time, I am saying that no matter how low the leftists go, they always seem to find lower depths of depravity to drag our society. So-called educators across the United States are coercing children into believing that they may not be the sex that God created them to be. And they also have the nerve to want to work with leftist government officials to prevent parents from fulfilling their God-given mandate and right to fulfill their roles as fathers and mothers. Now, Palm Springs, California is going to award $900 a month to 20 residents for simply claiming to be transgender or non-binary. Bob Hope and Bing Crosby must be rolling over in their graves over the leftist lunacy now engulfing that city that they helped to develop. As awful as the Palm Springs madness is, what's even more disturbing to me is that the leftists have for so long been allowed to drag our republic lower and lower toward the depths of hell. Sure, our side gets angry and complains, but up to now, the pushback against the depraved leftist has been minimal at best. Sometimes I wonder, do parents love their children and God more than they fear evildoers? I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. My name's Joe Biden. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Joe Brandon, I agree. I mean, he has made clear that uh, 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 I'm not thanking you. No, no. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The- Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. And I am living the dream. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Before I jump right back into things, I want to remind you that food shortages are coming. Uh, The Fuhrer Biden has told us so. We know it to be fact. 
uh, with their effort to lower gas prices, the newest thing, they're going to bump up the ethanol percentage to 15%. Uh, if you have an older vehicle, uh, you best not even do it. If you got one of these brand new flex fuel vehicles, you'll probably be all right with it, but it's typically not good for the old combustion engine which, again, is part of their green agenda, which they're way more concerned about uh, when the easy thing to reduce uh, the uh, cost of gasoline would be to start drill, baby, drill all over again. How hard is that? But, you see, they know that. It's not confusing to them. They're just performing acts of evil. Uh, they would rather watch the American people suffer than simply do the people's business because they know better than us. Anyway... Uh, one of the things that we'll really have to be concerned about during this food shortage is having something to eat, sadly enough. And if you're not prepared, then you're going to be out of luck. I'm still highly recommending that you uh, prepare now. Uh, visit the fine folks over at My Patriot Supply and the fine folks over at Built Bar. I'm, I'm pushing them both together because these are things that are going to be so handy when you can't go to the grocery store and get the things that you need. Now, you may be able to get some of them, maybe not. Uh, you may want to, right now, start buying things that are going to keep. Uh, you know, if you only need one, buy two. If you can afford to, buy in bulk. Go to Sam's or to Costco. Uh, start stockpiling. I'm not saying uh, to uh, hoard things, but uh, start getting prepared. It will come in handy, and I'm afraid this is going to last a little longer than what it should because I don't think we're going to get out from under the thumb of uh, the people that are running the Biden administration. So uh, you're going to see in the show description, if you're at the uh, podcast, you're going to see in the show description links that will take you there labeled as being for My Patriot Supply and for Built Bar. If you will copy the entire link, uh, depending on what platform you're on, part of the link might be live. It will take you there, but it will not let them know I'm the one that sent you. So I'm asking that you uh, copy the entire link, paste it in your web browser, and go visit. And we can turn that win-win for you uh, into a win-win-win. Uh, the uh, fine folks at My Patriot Supply will win. The fine folks over at Built Bar will win. Because they're going to get brand new loyal customers. You guys are going to love them, especially Built Bar. You're going to love They're selling you a candy bar, and it's actually good for you, for crying out loud. You, you wouldn't know it to taste it, but it's awesome. And uh, then you, of course, win because you've got some great products that are going to help tide you over. Things that you're going to enjoy. Things you're going to need, I'm afraid. And then we get that third win. Uh, because if you make the purchase using that link... Uh, then I get a small little commission there, just a, a little. So you get to help support the show, and the show gets to continue a little bit longer. And, guys, I, I need the help, okay? <laughs> I need the help. All right, so anyway, uh, with that having been said, please um, just go visit. And if you're listening on terrestrial radio or if you were listening to the podcast earlier in the day and now you're back home and you're thinking, what was that link? What, what I can't even go find it again. Then uh, much easier to remember, just come visit me over at uh, the show's website. That's tapintothetruth.com, T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. Uh, you know, the tap being my last name and all. All right, so uh, with that being said, I also would like to remind you that coming up in July, at the end of July, the release of A.J. Rice's brand new book, The Woking Dead, will be out. 
You, there will be a link to the Amazon page that will allow you to pre-order uh, in the show description as well. You also can visit me at tapintothetruth.com. Scroll down past uh, recent guests. And once you get past that section, the very first button that's an Amazon rotating button, uh, you will see that for The Walking Dead. You can just hit that. Uh, same thing applies for the buttons and banners for My Patriot Supply, for Hero Soap Company, for Built Bar, for Fire and Flavor, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of other great companies that I'm affiliated with. You can click on there and they'll know that I sent you if you hit those clicks. So just by all means, check that out. Also, we are still running the contest. We'll be drawing winners. Uh, the contest is off and running. All you have to do to have a chance to win is to share on social media from the list that has been provided uh, a link to one of the individual shows here or to the show page on the platform that you listen to, like if you listen on iHeartRadio. Uh, you just share a link to the iHeartRadio page for the Tap Into the Truth show. Uh, you can do that. And then in the body of your statement, uh, mention, well, I'm going to need you not just to mention, I'm going to need you to tag me. Then I'm going to need you to mention A.J. Rice's book, The Woking Dead. And then I'm going to need you to mention somewhere in that post where you're listening to the show from. Like if you're listening at iHeart, then tell me you're listening at iHeart. Because there's going to be a separate drawing for the top platforms where listeners come from. So if you're listening at Spotify, there's a really good chance that the Spotify listeners are going to have a drawing of their own. If you're listening at iHeart, really good chance. If you're listening at the last frequency, then there's going to be a drawing for last frequency listeners uh, on their own. Now, if you're listening to more than one, then guess what? That gives you an opportunity to get in on more than one drawing. Now, the more you share and the more interactions you have with those shares, the more chances you get when it comes time for the drawing. And we'll do the drawing uh, in early August because i got to make sure that I'm getting the books and that I can then get the books to you. All right, and now I've done all that, and I've got almost no time. So we'll, we'll sneak this one in because the other big story that's happened over the last couple of days is Elon Musk decided that he was going to not join the board at Twitter. Now, uh, it looked like it was a done deal last time you and I got together. Uh, so we were discussing how that was going to take place and how Elon was at that point kind of trolling folks, was talking about turning the uh, corporate headquarters into a homeless shelter since everybody was working remotely anyway. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it, how I thought that that was mostly just him trolling. But then late Sunday, uh, after my Sunday broadcast, uh, it officially came out that Elon decided no. See, there's a lot of speculation as to why he said no. I tend to think it's because the fiduciary responsibilities, and it's funny how leftists only care about fiduciary responsibility when they can use it to handcuff somebody who's trying to change what they're doing. Otherwise, it's, it's stakeholder capitalism, not stockholder uh, capitalism. But it's all about fiduciary responsibility when it comes to, to being a member of the board. He would not have been allowed to buy more of the stock, and he would not have been allowed to go out and say derogatory things about the company. 
It was a way of handcuffing him. It was a way of trying to lead him to not attack them. And so I think he very wisely decided, hey, I'm about free speech, and hey, I'd like to see free speech restored here. Mm, don't think I'm going to just shut up just yet. Don't think we're at a point where I need to shut up because things haven't changed yet. Certainly not for the better at any rate. It's also speculated a lot of uh, discussion and uh, uh, speculation. Did I use the word speculate anyway? It's fueled a lot of speculation that uh, Elon may actually be looking to buy up a majority of the company now. That he may be looking to institute a hostile takeover, which as a member of the board he wouldn't have been able to do. Now, I don't know what the plan is. He may still just be trolling them, and he may be looking to to pump up that stock a little bit and then look to dump that stock when he refused to uh, jump onto the uh, board there. The stock did go down just a little bit. Might have been a really great opportunity to buy up a whole lot more on the cheap. Not that it got that cheap. I mean, the Twitter stock is ridiculously overvaluated, but... Uh, you know, the fun part, though, is the effect that he's actually having with Twitter employees, because there are Twitter employees that are literally in a panic over the rumors that Elon now may be just taking over the company outright. This news, of course, comes just days after the world's richest man became the company's largest shareholder and then rejected that invitation to join the board. Musk himself hasn't discussed his plans publicly beyond sending a cryptic tweet. Now, Bloomberg reported that the vibe at corporate headquarters is super stressed, with employees working together to help each other get through the week. Oh, it's because it's so, so stressing. Oh, they need a safe space because they're just so triggered and everything. Now, the company was already scheduled to have a day of rest on Monday, but uh, this mental health break did absolutely nothing to alleviate the panic felt by a lot of the folks that work for the company, at least according to this report. One employee who insisted on remaining anonymous said that they were concerned that Musk was just getting started, which is unfortunate. Other colleagues described the current happenings as a, well as a S with a capital hit show. Uh, quoting here, Musk's immediate chilling effect was something that bothered me significantly. This was uh, an AI research team director, uh, Ruman Chaudhry, I think. <laughs> anyway, he also said, Twitter has a beautiful culture of hilarious constructive criticism and I saw that go silent because of his minions attacking employees. Now really, is that really a thing that's happened? I'm kind of doubting it. All the anxiety of course is stemming from the announcement that came from the Twitter CEO uh, this past Sunday night when he stated that Elon had decided not to join the board. We announced on Tuesday that Elon would be appointed to the board contingent on a background check and 
formal acceptance. Elon's appointment to the board was to become official effective on 4-9, but uh, Elon shared the same uh, Elon shared that same morning that he will no longer be joining the board. There will be distractions ahead. But our goal and priorities remain unchanged. The decisions we make and how we execute is in our hands, no one else's. Let's tune out the noise and stay focused on the work and what we're building. Well, now, the, the real question becomes at this point is what is it they think they built? Because, and I get it, a CEO is supposed to, to talk up the company. Supposed to make it sound like there is legitimate value there because they're making a ton of money. But all they're really doing is they're providing a platform and letting everybody who goes there provide the content, provide the product. I mean, I got to be honest with you. About the only reason I go on Twitter these days is to show, to share show links after the podcast is available because, you know, the live stream is out one way and then try to invite people to come back and listen after the fact. Uh, you know, a lot of the content here is good for several days. In fact, the content's pretty good regardless, I think. It's just not that I'm biased or anything about it. But it still comes down around to the uh, simple notion that uh, there is information here that may be enlightening to you beyond what you're getting from the mainstream uh, legacy media. So I, I'm either on there or I'm trying to see what latest thing that uh, the uh, libs of TikTok is sharing because there's a lot, a lot of very revealing things going on over in TikTok. And I refuse to download TikTok onto my phone. I, I'm just not going to do it. I, I don't want anything to do with TikTok. But the left is revealing themselves for who they are so much more there, mostly because people like me simply won't go there, I'm supposing. So uh, Libs of, of TikTok is doing yeoman's work, a lot of hard work, uh, going through, finding some of the craziest stuff that they're revealing. In fact, got a clip that uh, is part of the uh, second hour's uh, start-off clip that comes straight from uh, the Libs of TikTok. But They've been doing a, a great job. If you are on Twitter at all, and if you're still maintaining a presence there, I want to invite you to, to follow me. I follow back most folks that do, too, if that's still something that matters to you. I don't know that that matters as much to people as, as it did in the earliest days. But uh, if you're there, if you're not already following libs of TikTok, you need to because uh, – Man, just the things that the, he goes – well, I say he. I don't know. But the things that they uh, sort through over uh, on TikTok and then find and they post, it's just a window into the mind of the insanity that is the guano show of leftist thought at the moment. It's just phenomenal. Uh, amazingly so, I'd have to say. All right, so I did most of this, and – really hadn't got to the news stories. I just kind of did some quick hits and, and barely touched on this. But I, I do still think that Elon is in the trolling stage. 
But I think it's going to be interesting to see what he decides to do because the possibility of a hostile takeover, uh, I don't know that he was really entertaining that thought very much, but I think he's almost been talked into it at this point. And when you read reports and you see the reactions and you see these employees acting the way they are, just because he might want to return free speech to the platform, well, it doesn't that tell you everything you really need to know? Uh, if you weren't aware already, if you were somebody that, you know, you're on Twitter some and you're having your interactions and they, they haven't shadow banned you, so you think it's probably okay because maybe you're just retweeting a lot of stuff from uh, benign folks there, not really too heavily involved on the political side of things, not really trying to promote yourself per se, but just trying to occasionally say something clever or funny and hope that gives you that few minutes of uh, internet fame, which will in turn give you that dopamine hit and possibly even let something you say go viral. And maybe you just don't realize how bad things really are. Because somebody like me, I've been shadow banned for so long over there. Uh, if you're not sending me direct messages, uh, if you haven't at some point, then there's probably a really good chance you don't see my feed at all. I've got a lot of folks following me. I don't think hardly any of them actually ever get to see what I put unless I tag them in the post. And I typically only tag people who have been guests on the show uh, and primarily it's when they've been a recent guest, although I do occasionally try to promote some of the older broadcasts uh, if they were promoting a book or something where the conversation is still relevant and uh, all the pertinent information that we discussed really hasn't changed much. I mean, you might still be able to tell it's a little dated, but eh, so what? If the situation on the ground hasn't changed that much, then the situation on the ground hasn't changed that much. Anyway, that's going to have to be it for this first hour, and uh, I hope that you guys will listen to the second hour. If you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. We'll start right after this. If you're listening to Terrestrial Radio, well, then uh, tune in again tomorrow where you'll get to hear hour number two. In the meanwhile... Don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Hey, uh, uh, Joe, by the way, that uh, idea about ethanol. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go, hey.
couldn't say why She was different in his eyes They built careers and had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook And you're listening to Tim Tap And Tap Into the Truth Had the tobacco industry been immune to, process, to being sued? Come on. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl based on what they look like. And most of the time, that guess is 100% correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um, and, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. Um, when the doctor makes a correct guess, that's when a person is called cisgender. When a doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. The USA is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've got to be free The way God made Self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free.
Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rowan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to be with you. Now this show is rebroadcast on terrestrial radio and also uh, replayed on uh, online platforms like The Last Frequency. So in the event that you're hearing a rebroadcast at a later point in time, just so you know why some of this may sound a little bit dated by the time you're hearing it, time of the live broadcast was April 12th, 2022, and it is Tuesday uh, in the week of our Lord. Now, uh, back in the first hour, I spent almost the entire first uh, segment uh, going over quick hit stories because there is a lot of stuff going on that's worth mentioning I got a few more I want to try to sneak in before I dive too heavily into the topics. Uh, the first one right off the bat here, uh, Joe Biden's sister, his younger sister, Valerie Biden Owens, uh, she's recently released a memoir, and in that she argued that Democrats are more accurately described as pro-life than Republicans on the issue of abortion, since Democrats stand for, quote, a life in which a mother gets to determine her future and that of her child. Uh, what? You, you keep using this word. Uh, I do not think it means what you think it means. Owens literally wrote in this uh, memoir of hers, Like many women, I harbored complicated feelings on the topic. Growing up, Biden, uh, published by... Uh, Caledon Books, uh, she, she literally writes that I'm pro-choice, but I remain convinced that Democrats choose the wrong term for our side of the issue. Well, of course, yeah, right, the wrong term for your side of the issue. Eh, it's almost as nuts as London. Uh, London Art Gallery is adding woke warnings to uh, various paintings. Uh, mostly because of the uh, fact that uh, they have to be careful about the male gaze. Uh, just insane. Not unexpected these days, but insane nonetheless. Uh, in case you hadn't heard, and I would imagine if you're listening on terrestrial radio by now, we're a couple of days removed, but the Consumer Price Index came out. To up 8.5% uh, in March, the highest spike that we have seen since 1981. I uh, can't help but wonder if anybody understands why that is. Supply chain issues. The cascading effects of underemployment in fields where employees are needed. Yeah, just I can't explain it to the leftists. They don't want to hear it anyway. I think half of them do already know and understand, but they don't want to admit that it is indeed the policies of barely there Beijing Biden, handsy, grabby, touchy, feely, creepy Uncle Joe and his blithering. Uh, imagine 
if they had been immune to to prostitutes being sued. What does that have to do? Get your gun grabbing hands uh, away from my little girls and uh, go to the home, Joe. And 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is not the home I meant. I just... <sighs> this is the world we're living in. There's a left-wing activist group, ladies and gentlemen. This environmental activist group that is now proposing deflating the tires of sports utility vehicles as a radical act of protest against climate change. Evidently, this group's name is Adbusters. It's an activist group that describes itself as a collective of artists, designers, writers, museums. Museums? What? <laughs> uh, let me try that again. Musicians? Where did I get museums from? I'm still thinking about the, the woke labeling in the London Museum. Uh, so let me start over. Uh, artists, designers, writers, musicians, poets, punks, philosophers, and wild hearts. They've, uh, they've been smashing ads. They've been fighting corruption. They've been speaking truth to power. At least these are the things they think they've been doing. They've been tied to the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement that happened back in uh, 2011. Now, they've called for activists to deflate SUV tires... Uh, this was in a Twitter thread. Again, Twitter. Uh, everything's on freaking Twitter. No wonder I'm not on there. Um, technically, I have a presence, but I rarely spend time there. But anyway, uh, in this Twitter thread, they say, quote, that it's time to do something about SUVs. They're the second largest contributor to the increase in global CO2 emissions since 2010. More than aviation. This is a gentle escalation of methods to drive the urgency of this climate crisis home and engender a systemic aversion to SUVs. So here's what we do. Still from the thread. Wedge gravel in the tire valves. Leaflet the SUV to let them know that the tires are flat and why it was done, and then just walk away. It's that simple. If we organize, we can hit enough SUVs in particular neighborhoods to spark reporting and spread the metamine. We do this neighborhood at a time to make the biggest splash. Organize a crew off of traceable apps and make leaflets that Lay out the case for climate action. The mission is not to win individual converts at this point, but to engender a systemic aversion to SUVs. Climate change is the biggest crisis that we've faced as a species, and we're failing the test at every step. It's time for us to carefully escalate our methods in a nonviolent manner and convey the seriousness of this crisis in tangible ways. A flat tire is nonviolent. There's no property damage. But it's a huge pain in the, well, they use the word starting with A. We've seen this method successful in Sweden. 
and have initial success in the UK. Time to go global. Targeting SUVs is a good way to hit the automotive industry where it hurts. SUV sales are playing a massive role in the expansion of the auto industry, both as a percentage of global market share and in total numbers. And that increase is setting the climate back massively. Okay, so here's my question. Are you literally targeting the SUVs because you're concerned about how much CO2 is uh, being a side effect here? Or are you doing it just because you don't like the automotive industry? I don't like capitalism. I don't know. China flew military supplies to uh, a European nation in a demonstration of force. If you haven't heard about this, China confirmed on Monday that it had given Serbia uh, what they categorized as regular military supplies after it was reported that several Chinese jets had delivered missiles to Southeast European country uh, this past Saturday. So according to a spokesperson for China's foreign ministry, the delivery of military supplies to Serbia, which has been economically and politically connected to Russia, has nothing to do with the current situation. Right. Now this announcement, of course, comes after reports that HQ-22 surface-to-air missile systems were dropped off in Belgrade, Serbia, by six Chinese Air Force planes. China's recent delivery continues to draw the, the communist nation closer to Serbia and appears to fulfill a 2019 agreement between the countries over military supplies. This and their movement into the Solomon Islands uh, here recently proves that China is on the move. They wish to be world dominance soon. They're certainly moving in that direction. In case you were thinking that uh, the Russian economy was doomed, uh, at the moment Russia is actually expecting to make billions more off of energy exports as all the sanctions just kind of tend to fall short. We've been told by the White House, uh, Jen Psaki in particular, that we should be expecting extraordinarily elevated inflation. And, of course, that's because of Vladimir Putin. Why? Who else's fault would it be? Certainly couldn't be Joe's, right? I mean, sure, he's barely there, but he's a venal houseplant. He's not the one really calling the shots. I mean, he's doing everything that once done, but hey. Uh, Joy Behart, of course, uh, decides to make a headline or two by saying that Will Smith got a longer sentence than Trump will ever get for many crimes. She's, of course, talking about the uh, 10-year ban from the Oscars that Will Smith had laid down. Joe Biden and his announcement to go after ghost guns that occurred on Monday that we talked about on Sunday because the reports were out there. It was already coming. Well, he went a lot further than just talking about ghost guns. Started talking about what he still wants to refer to as assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. He wants to get those banned again. Bragged that he had done it before. I got this done before. I think I can do it again. Well, good luck with that. Before we get to the halfway point, I want to get to this main story here, uh, one of the primary stories that I wanted to discuss. See, last week in Portland, Maine, 
the largest city in uh, the state of Maine. They announced that due to the unprecedented number of individuals, see how diplomatic they're being? The unprecedented number of individuals arriving from the southern border, its government would have to delay submitting a budget for the fiscal year of 2023 because the city can no longer financially afford to care for the influx of individuals. According to city leaders, the only available options to keep Maine's largest city financially stable are either massive taxes, cutting millions in other government programs, or receiving more assistance from state and federal agencies. Uh, so all the, uh, the trifecta of the Democratic wish list. Give us all the taxpayer dollars. Quoting here, the primary reason for this delay is due to the fact that over the last six months, the city has been experiencing an unprecedented volume of asylum seekers' arrivals from the U.S. southern border and record numbers of circumstantially and chronically homeless individuals seeking emergency shelter services. This from the interim city manager, uh, Danielle P. West. This was written in a letter that was addressed to Mayor Kate Snyder and other government officials. Now, Portland, of course, is not alone in struggling to handle the increase of asylum seekers and other individuals. Under the regime of Joe Biden, crossings hit more than 1.5 million in fiscal year 2021 and are approaching a million already in fiscal year 2022. According to CBS Austin in Texas, uh, they reported that those numbers may be much higher than what's being accounted for. Now, Spectrum News also recently reported that of the 1,200 people in greater Portland with no fixed address, more than 700 of those are from other countries, such as Democratic Republic of the Congo. Angolia, Haiti. These people are supposedly seeking asylum in the United States. That's what we're being told once they're apprehended. But these are illegal border-crossing migrants. I still recall a point in time when in this country we would not consider someone an asylum seeker if they illegally crossed our border. They would just simply be an illegal alien and should be immediately deported. And immediately... We, we take every record in biometric reading we can so that they become ineligible under federal law to ever become a legal resident. If you break our law coming here in the first time, we don't give you a chance to come back and do it right. Come in and do it right in the first place. In order to seek asylum, you are supposed to come through a legitimate point of entry. And oh yeah, by the way, in order to legally seek asylum, you're supposed to do so at the first country in which it's safe to do so that you come to. There's no reason why somebody from Africa, no reason for somebody from Haiti, no reason why somebody from Ukraine should be crossing our southern border and then be eligible for asylum because they've done the whole thing wrong. If you're in Ukraine and you're seeking asylum, the first safe place you get to would be Poland. 
Poland, of course, is under no obligation to keep you there. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against uh, giving asylum to those people that legitimately need it. But there's a reason why the laws were set up the way they are. And the, these people are completely ignoring the laws, and they've tried to write new laws to change the laws without taking the old laws off the books. And it's just absolutely insane. Nobody is uh, watching the watchers. You have different factions of the Biden administration accusing each other of lying when it comes to facilities where some of these asylum seekers are being held. It's insane. But why are people in Maine having to deal with the border crisis? Because the Biden administration has been busing and uh, putting these people on planes and flying them all over the country. They've been having them ride on buses all over the country. They have literally made every state a border state. Right now, there are places like Ohio and Kentucky that have a ridiculous issue in some of their communities with illegal border-crossing migrants. These people are literally about as far away from a foreign border as you can get. Now, back to the story, uh, West emphasized that the city will no longer be able to continue caring for such individuals. They're, they're stretched too thin. They don't have the budget. This is the largest city in the state of Maine. But there's too many. That's how much of a burden this population is. And we haven't even got to the worst part of the year yet. We haven't even got to the time where we're expecting Title 42 to be ended, so we're not going to be uh, deporting people back because they may have COVID. West Letter also said, quote, While we are proud to be a welcoming city, take our general assistance obligations seriously and understand the value and benefits of having new residents in Maine we're in a dire situation. Let me say that again. This is a blue area. One of the many places in this country that would like to consider itself to be a sanctuary area for illegal border-crossing migrants. But in this letter, West says point blank, while we are proud to be a welcoming city, Take our general assistance obligations seriously and understand the value and benefits of having new residents in Maine. We are in a dire situation. Where are you at, Joe? I mean, whether you like it or not, I don't care what the arrangement is. Technically, you have the title of president. You can direct those people that are supposed to work. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Right now, they're trying to hold off to the midterms. They do not want to pull the trigger on the eject button for barely there Beijing Biden. It's going to be really, really hard for them not to have to pull that trigger, but they're trying really hard. They want to at least wait until they see what's going to happen in the midterms. But if he actually started bucking up to these folks and started calling them out and started telling them that they're going to do what makes sense— they would go ahead and pull the eject button, and they would just install Kamala in a heartbeat. 
But in the interest of doing what's right, Joe, you need to step up and do this. Even if you have to do it in small doses for the 15 minutes to let you have your meds and you can be cogent. Let's get back to some sanity. Let's get back to saving the country and doing the work of the people, not destroying the country and doing the work of the globalist elitists who just want to mooch off of the resources that will be made available to them when we, the little peons, are no longer able to legally have any of them. We are in a dire situation. Continuing to quote from the letter, our staff is stressed, stretched extremely thin and cannot adequately provide the required resources to the hundreds of new arrivals. Our shelters are beyond their capacity, and it is increasingly harder to find enough hotels to provide overflow accommodations. West also stated that the city expects to spend more than $44 million over the next fiscal year on asylum housing alone, which is at least double the entire budget for the city's health and human services program, just FYI. Back to quoting, of course, this figure does not account for future arrivals, and the city has been seeing nearly 100 individuals arriving per week, so the cost could continue to rise significantly in the coming months. Okay, so currently, the Federal Emergency Management Administration, they cover roughly about 30% of the city's budget. But that funding is going to run out at the end of June, so just when you get in the middle of the migrating season, they're not going to get that 30% of their budget uh, being added on when they're already going to be overstressed as it is. Now, to offset those costs, uh, a Portland property tax rate increase of about 15% would be required or approximately $13 million in cuts from other core city services would be necessary. So she's saying you can do one or the other, but I promise you what they're going to end up trying to do is both. Because they know this is still based on today numbers, and today numbers are going to look very different by June. Back in March, the Department of Homeland Security said that the federal government meant it expects as many as 18,000 individuals to arrive per day at the southern border. That, of course, is if Title 42 is rescinded, which, you know, we've already talked about that number. We've already talked about that possibility. In fact, if you want to go back into the show archives, uh, it's literally uh, titled 18,000 a day with a little question mark. What else do we have to do to drive the point home? This is Maine's largest city, Portland, Maine. And it's being overrun. Now, I don't know if you've taken the time to look at a map. If you happen to be the average listener to this broadcast, then I know that you probably are well aware that if you're going to find Maine... You're going to have to, to kind of go up to that far right-hand corner 
over on the Atlantic coastal side, a very blue part of our country, literally almost as far as you can possibly get from our southern border and still be in the United States. Now, I I say that because it's important to let that sink in. It's important for people to understand what we are really talking about here. If Maine's having that problem, how do you think the folks in Texas are feeling? How do you think the folks in Arizona are feeling? How do you think the folks in California are feeling, although the media is never going to let you know the truth about how they feel about it because they want you to believe that this is the most sanctuary of sanctuary cities, the most sanctuary of sanctuary states. We're so sanctuary that illegals are safe here, abortions, uh, murder of the pre-board, hell, murder of the post-board, perfectly acceptable here. In fact, to make it all go down easier, they're proposing now they want to go to a four-day work week. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of need at least 40 hours a week to make ends meet. I mean, I would love to be making enough money off of the show. Maybe someday we'll eventually get there that that, that'll be enough. And then I can sit back and say, whew, I can go away from working, working really, really hard at my day job and then coming home and working really, really hard on this show and then working really, really hard to try to squeak out some family time and some important face-to-face time with the various members of the family uh, and and then still wonder when do i get a chance to take a nap and eventually just be able to to do what i really enjoy doing and then it's not even really like work i enjoy doing this most of the time i mean there are some days when i'm worn out from everything else it's like uh, i really just need to rest but usually i end up being really glad that i went ahead and did it very therapeutic, you know, get behind here. So here, here you are. It's Maine. Let's take that mid-hour break before it gets any later. Sheesh. I just don't know what else to say. Uh, stay right where you're at. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this very brief interlude. Come on, man. All men and women created by gold. You know the you know the thing. You're a lime dog faced pony soldier. I got hairy legs. The leftist Democrat legislators in Maryland have sunk to a new depth of moral depravity. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Just when you thought the Democrats could not get more depraved, they always figure out a way to sink to a new low. The Maryland Democrat legislature is hoping to pass a bill that would legalize murdering little babies up to 28 days after they are born. If the Maryland Democrats have their depraved way, a female cannot be investigated for cruelty or neglect no matter how she decides to murder her baby, whether through starvation or other more physical, brutal methods. 
In fact, the Maryland Democrats hope to make it so that if the police do investigate the murder of a baby, the bill being pushed by Maryland Democrats gives the baby's killer the right to sue the police. For example, if the female decided to starve her baby and grew tired of hearing the hungry baby cry and choked the baby to death, police would be restricted from investigating. The immoral death march of Democrats must be stopped before they literally kill our republic. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsor. Things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. They're not getting walked back. It made it sound like, just in the last couple days... Uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. But the Ukrainian people, Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts. And I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since back when they uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast southeast um, Ukraine but also the average citizen look at how they're stepping up look at how they're stepping up and you're going to see when you're there and some of you've, you've been there and we know none of the three occurred weapons could if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine would that trigger a military spo- response from NATO it would be re- it would trigger a response in kind. And we know none of the three occurred. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. And we know none of the three occurred. Break it down in layman's terms. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Everything is awesome. It is time for us to do what we have been doing and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree. Everything is awesome. We have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome when we live in our
I know, you guys were just anxiously awaiting my return. <laughs> Actually, I hope you weren't. All right, uh, let's get back into the action. Before I dive into the uh, next topic at hand, I want to remind everybody, you will see links in the show description. Uh, going to take you to My Patriot Supply and going to take you to Built Bar. And also to the Amazon pre-order page for A.J. Rice's brand-new book, The Woking Dead. If you see those links, you may see that part of them are live, uh, but if the whole thing's not lit up, then I'm going to ask you to please go ahead and copy the entire link, paste that into your uh, web browser, and go visit. That way they know I sent you. It's the only way we can guarantee that you'll 100% get to the site you're going to and that they'll know I sent you. Uh, that way we get to turn a win-win for you and them into a win-win-win. Get to include me in it, too, because so, you get to help support the show. Beyond that, I also want to remind you that the uh, drawing for the giveaway for a copy of A.J. Rice's brand new book, The Woking Dead, uh, it is underway now. It's a social media challenge. I need you to tag me in your social media posts, social media posts, uh, the platforms that you can do this and will count on. Uh, include Facebook, Twitter, uh, Cloud Hub, uh, Gitter, Gab, Spreely. Uh, who else we got? We got LinkedIn. We got Minds.com, uh, MeWe. And you can find the full list uh, on the uh, links uh, on those particular places. Uh, you'll see them. Just be sure to to tag me in there and be sure to mention uh, A.J. Rice's book, The Woking Dead. And uh, be sure to mention the platform on which you are listening to this show on the regular. Uh, if you're listening on the last frequency, then mention the last frequency. If you are listening on uh, KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, then be sure to include them in uh, the conversation. If you're listening on Spotify or iHeart or uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Amazon Music or wherever you may be listening, uh, Podchaser and various other locations, wherever you're listening, be sure to mention the platform you're listening on. Now, it's important, though, that you are sharing either, A, the full link as given to the Amazon show page for the new book, or a link to this show, uh, preferably a podcast version, or the show page that exists on the platform that you're normally listening to. You do those things... Uh, then that's helping to promote the show. It's helping to promote the book. And it's also uh, giving you those opportunities to get extra uh, shots in at getting, uh, getting your name drawn if you want to be one of the lucky winners. We'll be having that drawing in early August. Uh, the book itself will not be out uh, until the end of July. All right, let's, let's jump back into things. Uh, on the Edwards Notebook that we just played uh, at the near beginning of that last break. We're talking about Maryland. And Maryland's trying to put forth a law that is, well, it's draconian even by New York standards. One of the state House Republicans came out and literally said that under the new law, 
Literally anybody in the doctor's office, with the exception of the receptionist, will be legally allowed to perform abortions. And I'm pretty sure once the Democrats realized that they had made that exemption, they're already working on trying to amend it to make sure that the receptionist can get in on that action. It's not the worst of it, though. Colorado now, as they've signed into law a controversial abortion bill that codifies abortion access. It's known as, and I always love when they give them these beautifully asinine names, uh, the Reproductive Health Equality Act. The measure specifically codifies into law the idea that a fetus does not have human rights prior to birth, period. The law says, quote, A fertilized egg, embryo, or fetus does not have independent or derivative rights under the laws of this state. I'm using the word way more frequently, but it's evil. It's just evil. When exactly are the rights conferred upon you? When when do you get the rights to have the dignity of human life? When do you get the right to claim the sanctity of being a living human being? I mean, you're alive at the moment of conception. You may not be recognizable as a human at that point, but you're only a couple of weeks away from becoming recognizable as human. It's not like an egg is going to get fertilized and suddenly going to turn into an Apache attack helicopter, which is what my youngest daughter constantly tells me she identifies as. I keep saying, hey, that's pretty cool, actually. It's, It's a case of this being a complete separation from reality. I mean, it it really is that simple. You're just separated from reality. I mean, they make some pretty big leaps. They expect the rest of us to make these same leaps with them. Suddenly, we're supposed to just pretend like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. Just a glob of tissue. But by that very strict definition, at any point in your life, as you proceed from uh, being born to being a, a five-year-old kindergarten student to being a college graduate, uh, for those of us fortunate enough to go to college, to being uh, that elderly person at the retirement home, you still remain just a clump of tissues, random cells put together in a way that they work together. Hopefully they continue to work together well. In some cases they never do, but summary of the bill explains that, uh, well, the bill that's now law, summary of the law in Colorado explains that it bans state and local public entities from interfering in any way in a woman's reproductive decisions, specifically regarding abortion. It notes that the bill prohibits state and local public entities from denying, restricting, interfering with, or discriminating against an individual's fundamental right to use or refuse contraception or to continue a pregnancy and give birth or to have an abortion in the regulation or provision of benefits, services, information, or facilities. 
and depriving through persecution, punishment, or other means an individual of the individual's right to act or refrain from acting during the individual's own pregnancy based on the potential actual or perceived impact on the pregnancy, the pregnancy's outcome, or on the pregnant individual's health. A really funky way of just saying you're not even allowed to try and talk them out of it and use scare tactics in the effort. And, you know, the left considers any logical argument against abortion to be a scare tactic. Yeah, why are you trying to scare these poor girls? They're already upset enough. <sighs> According to the governor, who signed the bill into law this past Monday, said in a statement, in the state of Colorado, the serious decision to start or end a pregnancy with medical assistance will remain between a person, their doctor, and their faith. The state will not intervene on behalf of an unborn person because in Colorado, they are not legally defined as a person. See, he makes that statement and he talks as if he's proud of it. Because the left are. Leftist politicians in this country are very proud. It's mind-boggling. There are European countries that are way more progressive than the typical climate here in the United States. And when it comes to the murdering of the pre-born, they don't go anywhere near this level of inhumanity. You do not even have to enter into the equation, the religious aspects. But the governor, the good governor, mentions that it's also a matter of your faith. No, no, they're hoping that your faith happens to be the brand new religious cult of wokeness, although it's been around for a minute now. It's not brand new anymore, I suppose. But they are full-blown religious cultist uh, activists now. They want to sacrifice the unborn because, you know, it will make you feel better, although it almost never does. Even the folks who walk around having convinced themselves that they're so much happier because they murdered a pre-born child that was meant to be with them, eventually guilt catches up with you on that. I hate to see what's going to happen to folks like Amy Schumer, for example, who goes around shouting her abortion. And that chick off of Girls, I can't think of her name right off, but she's definitely one of these. Rihanna. Rihanna out here this past uh, this past week, last couple of days, talking about how now she's very much pro-abortion, pro-murder of the pre-board, but she's making the statement that she's going to learn so much more from her new daughter that her daughter could ever learn from her. Well, if you're dumb enough to make a statement like that, you might be right. And it sounds to me like that's probably a good thing. Hopefully the one thing you're going to learn by being uh, this child's mother is to actually be a mother. And in the process, you may learn a little bit about the value and the sanctity of human life. You may learn just a little bit about why, why you should want to take care of the planet. Because if you're all about saving the planet, what are you saving it for? 
Because if you're not saving it so that your children will have a nice, safe place to grow up in, then you're doing it wrong and for the wrong reasons. Maybe you know exactly what you're doing. Maybe you're just making money off of it. Maybe you're selling uh, carbon credits and making a fortune. Or maybe you're just another one of what they call a useful idiot. Maybe you're just somebody else that's using a platform to share their message, one that you've not really spent enough time thinking about and educating yourself about to really know what the true consequences are. See, the worst part in my mind is the fact that Colorado used to be a relatively conservative state. Once they started having film festivals in Colorado and all the the Hollywood lefty types coming out of California started showing up and realizing how nice cities like Boulder were. Then all of a sudden, you started seeing a lot of Califor- Californification of Colorado, and now they got folks running that state that probably would have been run out of town on a rail two decades ago. Thank goodness not every state is like where Colorado is currently setting and not like where Maryland's currently setting and where New York is and where Virginia is currently setting. They haven't had a chance to push back those yet, but they're working at it. You guys keep chipping away at it. Democrats did a lot of damage when it came to the murder of the preborn before the last election there. But you got states like Oklahoma, one of the most aggressive moves yet pushing back against abortion. They've made it a felony to perform an abortion. The governor of Oklahoma signed a state legislation this past Tuesday making it a felony to perform an abortion in the state. Under Senate Bill 612, a person shall not purposely perform or attempt to perform an abortion except to save the life of a pregnant woman in a medical emergency. That's it, the one exemption. Anyone convicted of performing or attempting to perform an abortion shall be guilty of a felony punishable by a fine not to exceed $100,000 or by confinement in the custody of the Department of Corrections for a term not to exceed 10 years or by such fine and imprisonment. Quoting here from uh, Kevin Stitt, the current Republican governor of Oklahoma and the father of six, said, quote, I promised Oklahomans that I would sign every pro-life bill that hit my desk, and that's what we're doing today. We want Oklahoma to be the most pro-life state in the country. We want to outlaw abortion in the state of Oklahoma. Of course, Oklahoma's brand-new law comes as Republican lawmakers across the country quickly enact legislation that bans abortion ahead of the major Supreme Court case Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. This particular case is one in which the court may very well end up overturning Roe v. Wade, sending the power to decide abortion laws back to the states where it should have always been. I know a lot of Leftists like to think that this should be a federalized thing, but this and same-sex marriage and a host of other things that the feds have taken upon themselves, 
they're not federal issues. They're state issues and should be left to the states to decide. And you just shouldn't get mad if you don't convince the folks in your particular state to, to go along with what you think. Either learn to live with it or move to a state that thinks more the way you do. There's two simple solutions. I would imagine, however, given the fact that the federal government now believes it gets to run roughshod over every single state out there, that there will be someone, probably Planned Parenthood and the ACLU will get together, and they will take the state of Oklahoma to federal court over the issue. Now, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, it's not going to matter at that point, which is why I would imagine that uh, they're going to try to get this into a federal court before the Supreme Court hears this other case. Now, should Roe v. Wade be overturned, then Oklahoma can simply appeal to the next level, and then they probably win. They should win. They may have to appeal all the way to the Supreme Court, should that happen. But at some point down the road, they will win if Roe v. Wade is overturned. And I'm, I've been making the case since New York passed its draconian murder of the preborn uh, law uh, just, what was it, last year, year before last now, when they first did that, that we were in a post-Roe v. Wade world anyway. Because even in Roe versus Wade, there was this magical trimester situation where they were acknowledged at some point you have to start acting as if that's actually a human being in there. Now, I tend to believe that it's a human being from the very beginning. Just because it doesn't look like it doesn't mean it isn't. Because it certainly isn't a roll of quarters. Certainly isn't a litter of puppies. And good thing, too, or Donald Trump might show up and kick you. What (laughs) We are at a point where the abortion issue now is being elevated almost to the same level that slavery was once upon a time. And we are just divided enough that, if you'll recall, we ended up going to war with one another, not verbally, but literally going to war with one another in order to settle our differences at that point. And one of those differences was how we felt morally about slavery. And I'd like to point out that the overwhelming majority of individuals that were fighting to preserve slavery in the country are the same folks that are pushing the murder of the preborn today, at least from the political side of the philosophy. We're quickly entering the heat of the midterm election cycle. I will start having candidates for various offices on the show soon. I will most likely be cranking up new uh, voter apathy project uh, snippets. It's part of the fun we get to have during this while we point at each other and, and point out how crazy We've all kind of become when it's come to certain things. 
I don't want us to end up going to war with one another. I want us to find a simple solution, a way for us to get along and, and to, to be Americans again, to be friends and neighbors again. That's, that's what I want. We don't always get what we want, but that's what I would like. This is Resurrection Week. This coming Friday will be Good Friday. This coming Sunday will be Easter, a.k.a. Resurrection Day. It's a really good time to reflect on the actual message of Christianity, which is one of love and acceptance, one of joy in life, and the Easter bit is also about rebirth. I would love to see the rebirth of this nation as we move forward together, as we come to realize that that there is sanctity in life and that life should be protected. And, and this isn't just a a political debate. There are real-world consequences. But we may be too far down that road to not require a total reset, and I pray it's not that. I do. And I hope you'll join me in that prayer. But if that's where we are, then so be it. I don't know where you're going to be standing if it comes to that, but I can tell you where I'll be standing. I'll be standing on the side of God. I'll be standing on the side of the patriots that believe in this constitutionally federated republic as she was founded. Not what she was twisted into, not what she's become today, but as she was founded. Based on the principles that she was founded on of equality. And we'll take a few steps to extend it to everyone since not everyone got to enjoy those blessings at the very onset. So that's the one thing that I would change. But that's it. The principles are good principles. That's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for being here. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Please, whatever you've heard me say, don't take my word for it. But please, please don't take their word for it either. Spend some time, put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And meanwhile, one last message for Joe Biden before I go. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Is using both hands Well I prefer the three to wait to the tiny two to three Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family Using both hands.